Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. Before we get into today's episode, let's hear a question from our All Audio Q Bank. You can get a ton of questions just like this one in our app available on iOS and Android to help you study on the go. You can learn more at insidetheboards.com slash app. A 45-year-old female presents to your office with, quote, cherry red skin and dizziness. She says that she had a sudden headache. On exam, she had a pulse oximetry of 100%, but her O2 sat is decreased. What factor could have caused this shift in the oxygen hemoglobin dissociation curve? Is it A, increase in temperature? B, carbon monoxide poisoning? C, decrease 2,3 BPG? Or is it answer choice D, decrease in pH? And the correct answer is choice B, carbon monoxide poisoning. The patient has carbon monoxide poisoning. She presents with the classic cherry red skin that is characteristic of carbon monoxide poisoning, as well as a sudden headache and exposure to carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide binds to hemoglobin in place of O2 and causes a decrease in oxygen binding capacity, decreasing the O2 saturation. A decrease in O2 unloading in tissues leads to a left shift in the oxygen hemoglobin dissociation curve. There is no decrease in pulse oximetry. Patients with CO poisoning are treated with 100% in hyperbaric O2. And now, here's today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Happy Hour with Eva, and I have an exciting, interesting, cool person here with me today. Her name is Erin. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm unfortunately not Swathi, but (laughs) Erin will do for today. (laughs) Definitely. Well, Swathi's not here. She's my other partner in crime who is always here with me during Happy Hour, But today I have Erin with me, and Erin is one of our valuable team members here at ITB. She is behind everything we do. She does all the editing, all, you know, all the things that I cannot do technically. She takes care of it all. So, and she's such a creative person, guys. So I'm excited to do this podcast with Erin today, and we have a really cool topic to talk about, right, Erin? That was such an intro. Wow. (laughs) So today we're going to have this whole podcast about the five love languages. And I love talking about this topic because it's everywhere. Every dating show every nook and cranny, everyone's talking about it. So Erin, why don't you do us the honor and tell everybody about this? The Five Love Languages actually started out as a book released in 1992 by a man named Gary Chapman. Uh, Chapman is an American radio host and author. So he didn't originally have a background in psychology or anything, but he has degrees in anthropology and theology. So while he was coming up with this idea of the five love languages, he used that framework of history, human behavior, and human experiences that he learned in anthropology and theology. And he used that when he was a pastor in Wake Forest, North Carolina, 
to help members of his church navigate marital and family problems. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting guy. I have a quote from him, actually, and I think that this kind of sums up what he was trying to get at with this whole idea. So he says, adults all have a love tank. If you feel loved by your spouse, the whole world is right. If the love tank is empty, the whole world can begin to look dark. And then, hence the problem, individuals fill their tanks in different ways. So what the five love languages outlines are the five general ways that partners express and experience love. And these include acts of service, gift giving, physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. So, Eva, do you want to go ahead and define all of those? Because I know you're the expert here. (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I will definitely, (laughs) definitely uh, define each one of those. So words of affirmation, basically, as it sounds, um, it's actions don't always speak louder than words. So if this is part of your category, you think you belong here, for example, like saying things like, I love you are important. Hearing the reasons behind the love you feel so happy and encouraging and positive. And so this is one category. And then the other one is quality time. So just like it says, spending quality time with each other. So um, not just hearing, I love you, but getting that undivided attention, being there for this type of person. And people that really value this is critical because They need to feel like they're part of your life, basically. And then there's that physical touch. Obviously, you need to be physically in their presence and be able to share things like hugs and kisses and pats on the back or holding hands, showing affection through physical forms and then receiving gifts. So one of the ways that you show somebody you love them is by a small token of gift. And gifts don't always have to be materialistic, right? So gifts can be a small gesture, like doing something for them. So you don't necessarily have to give them a materialistic gift, but some kind of a gift that is a visual representation of love. And then acts of service, basically doing things like If you're feeling overstressed with work, the person kind of helps pick up after you. So for example, let's say you are really pressed for time, working hard at work, and you know that you're going to come home to a messy home, your partner would then go ahead and vacuum the floor for you. That would be an expression of love, right? Anything and everything that can ease some sort of a burden or responsibility, all of these Different people use these to fill their tank. So this is kind of what he was alluding to, these different aspects, these five aspects. But uh, I feel like there could be more. No? (laughs) For sure. And I was going to say, I have a little disclaimer before we get into our results and really dig into these love languages. Um, If you're skeptical about like books, schools of thought, ideas that, you know, oh, they're trying to make me think a certain way or this, they think that they know what's right for everyone. Like, like I get it. I'm a very skeptical person. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's a tool that we can use to better understand ourselves. And it has helped a lot of people out there better know what's right for them, what's right for their partner. And even psychologists have used this. It's been important for the past 30 years, I would say. I'm going to be very, very honest. When I first heard the five love languages, I was a little skeptical. I'm like, how can you just categorize 
such a great expression into five just single categories. But, you know, I have to add a sixth one in there for me, I think. I have a love language, you know, and I was telling Erin my sixth love language is food. (laughs) Totally. That should be on there. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You want to make me happy? Feed me. But if we're going to be very honest, like, I mean, I'm being serious at this point. I know I, I said food before, but I think that if you have something called consistency, I think that could be a love language too, no? Or do you think that would overlap in one of these categories, Erin? Honestly, no. I think food could like go into, oh, receiving gifts or acts of service or something like that. Mm -hmm. But with consistency, I mean, maybe that could be clumped in with like words of affirmation because it's like communication. That's very interesting. consistent with your communication, I guess. Yeah, Um, no, that's that's true. Or even like acts of service. I feel like consistency would like kind of would be like the saran wrap that wraps all of these love language. That sounded really weird. Saran wrap. (laughs) Yes. uh, We will saran wrap all of these. Yeah. into our into our love let's share some of our results I want to hear what you got all right so I my top two which Mm -hmm. I feel like those are probably like the most important I got 30% quality time and 27% words of affirmation oh interesting Uh, and and then to go a little bit further I also got receiving gifts and then my last two were acts of service and physical Interesting. Interesting. What about you? Well, for me, my number one was 37% words of affirmation. So I guess clearly I need to hear it. (laughs) And quality time is 30% for me. That was my second highest. And then my third was physical touch, which was 13%. Receiving gifts was my fourth, which is 13%. And acts of service, which was 7%. So I guess receiving gifts and access service is the lowest on my list, but words yeah. of affirmation and quality time is high up there, just like yours. And yeah. I think maybe this is why we get along so well. This is why we're always complimenting each other, guys. <laughs> I know. We're each other's hype man 24-7. It's it's hilarious. You should see our um, DMs. Yeah. <laughs> And guys, if you're wondering where we got these results from, there is a website. Now it's five, like numerical number five five love languages.com. And if you go hit quizzes, you can take this quiz and find out your results. I was stumped on a lot of these questions, you know, because Mm -hmm. a lot of them I'm like, oh, well, both of these make me feel good and loved. But it it was a fairly short quiz, but I thought it was a little bit hard. (laughs) No, I agree with you 100% because at last like when I was doing it, I was looking at the questions and some of the questions that were pitted against each other. I was like, I don't know if this is a fair way to ask me this. Like some Mm -hmm. of them are very easy to pick. And then some of them I was like, I don't know. But how do you feel about the results? Would you say it's bang on for you? It sounds pretty accurate to the way that I feel loved and I give love to other people. So since we both got the top two as like the same, basically, except it's a little bit flopped. My quality time was more important, uh, not more important. It was ranked higher. (laughs) Um, yeah. So my quality time was ranked higher than yours, but if our our top two are basically the same. So let's dive into a little bit of quality time. What is it that makes you feel loved about that quality time aspect? For me, I think spending time with my significant other, I feel like just being in their presence and doing things with them. I feel engaged. I feel like 
we're moving towards getting to know one another on a deeper level. We're sharing our ideas, our interests. And I feel like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a team because I love being in teams. I'm a team player. And having my significant other do things with me, that resonates with me on a deeper level. I feel like my connection with him kind of grows stronger. What about you? Quality time is something that I've, I feel like I've had to work up being comfortable with. And now, obviously, it's, um, <laughs> it's your number it's my, one. It's <laughs> my number one. Because I, because I feel like for most of my life, I've been a pretty introverted person. Mm-hmm. However, if you know me, you know that I'm also a very social person. The thing that I've always had to do is, you know, hang out with people in these small bursts. Mm-hmm. So if I'm spending an entire day with someone, that means that like I must really feel comfortable with you and like you and because then the yeah. energy is complementary and it's not like I'm giving my energy to someone, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, I get so exhausted giving my energy to people who who just aren't similar in that way. So, you know, and you know, the other thing that I other that I also really like about quality time is that that's where the memories are, you know? Yeah, that is like, such a good point. And with all these like dating apps nowadays, and I understand that pandemic, that's kind of the default now to find people. And that's fine. That's all, that's all good. But like, it sucks when you are interested in someone and like, you can never find the time to actually meet them. That's where we all connect, or at least that's where we connect. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For so, sure. Yeah. I feel like it's the dating world. And I, we kind of talked about this in our dating podcast, if you guys listen to it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when we talk about like the dating world, it's so fast paced, especially with all these apps that we're going on. We're just swiping, swiping, swiping. And you're going through like hundreds of profiles. Like, how do you even know what you're looking for at that point? You're just looking for things that sort of stimulate you for a moment and then you're back to the next stimulation. It's all very on the surface. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, actually getting to spend time with people, that's where you really get to know the person. And energy is so much better than what someone looks yeah. like. I mean, that's what lasts. Yes. So. No, I 100% agree with you. And that's where I find like the best relationships really happen. It's when you have that deep connections because there's so many good looking people in this world. There's so many people, (laughs) you know, like, how do you even compete? And if you're not good looking, there's always a great plastic surgeon that will make you good looking, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, it's definitely I completely agree with you. Now, tell me about your second highest. Which one was that? Yeah, so words of affirmation, which was my second highest and your highest. Mm -hmm. This was kind of new to me, but it makes a lot of sense. I feel like people always say talk is cheap. And for some people, sure, that's probably true. But more so than not, especially in this day and age where communication is just changing so rapidly, I think people have a hard time expressing themselves. Um, Yes. And giving someone an opportunity to talk out about how they're feeling can mean so much to someone. And I was actually kind of surprised once I had this realization that quality time was higher. Because a genuine conversation with someone, that is my favorite. A nice, long conversation by the fire with my family, my friends, a significant other. It's just like, it could go on forever. doesn't have to be deep, but it's just, I love a good conversation. (laughs) Me too, girl. Like, you are speaking my love language now. Everything you said was just brilliant and it's wise. And I completely 100% agree. I am a lot like you in that sense. And 
for me, words of affirmation is important because I know people say talk is cheap, but mm-hmm. from my significant other, I need to hear him say, I love you. Or even from my mom or my dad or my brother, my sisters, like I don't have any sisters, but you guys are my sisters, <laughs> right? I need to hear that from my family. I need to hear you mean this much to me. I think I hold words at a very high level. So I, I'm very careful about which words I use to say things to people because I think words are very powerful and they mm-hmm. they stick to you. I don't believe that, you know, talk is cheap. I think talk is very powerful. So we yeah. have to be careful every day what we say to ourselves and what we say to other people. Right. So. Self-talk. Love yourselves exactly. too, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why it's so important to me. So when somebody tells me, I love you, you're an amazing person, it stays with me forever because it makes me feel good. And it and and I try to kind of then take that energy and spread it to others as well. It fuels yeah. me. I've known a lot of people in my life where like a compliment makes people really uncomfortable. But it, but it is interesting because like we are so similar in that way. It would be interesting to talk to someone where they'd be like, oh, you know, that's not really my jam. Yeah, some people some people can't take compliments or any sort of very affectionate words. Yeah. And that's why talking about this is important, I think, because then we get to actually go through all these different types. And even if we don't relate to it, other people out there can. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Uh, What was your third one? My third one was physical touch. (laughs) I do like to hold hands and kiss and stuff like that. But I assumed for me, my third highest would be like acts of service, which was actually my lowest. Mm. So clearly I don't need my man to do things for me. I just, (laughs) I just want him to give me smooches. Hey, that's an act of service in itself. (laughs) What about you? What was your third? Well, my third was receiving gifts, but it's funny because physical touch is actually like bottom, only like 10%. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm not really a touchy-feely kind of person, but I do understand like (laughs) physical touch can be a powerful thing. Sometimes all you need is a hug from someone. If I'm feeling down about something, if someone is like, do you want a hug? I will probably say yes, and then I'll probably start crying. So (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've had those moments where, you know, I just had a bad day and then just see my friend and she'll be like, Hey, you just want to hug. And Mm -hmm. I just hold them. And it's just like for that moment, that intense sadness just kind of drifts away Mm -hmm. in that hug. So we're going to move on to receiving gifts. Um, Mm -hmm. This was my third one. And this one, I was more like, meh, but most people who I've been in a relationship with are like, so gift givers and all this stuff. I know. And and it's something that I've had to learn, learning about how I can like express my love to people. Mm -hmm. I think this is where I really seek out to give little thoughtful things to people to show Mm -hmm. them that I'm a thinking about them and B remember meaningful things about them that maybe they would think that I would forget. Like if I see something that makes me think of them, then it's like, Oh, like you remembered that. Like, yeah, duh. (laughs) See, it's interesting that you say that because they have it listed for me as the last, but I express my love by giving gifts. I give a lot of gifts. Like I love giving to people. I think I'm a giver. But for me, I think to receive, I don't care for gifts. Isn't that weird? What I want to receive in return is just, I love Mm -hmm. you, which is words of affirmation. 
Yeah, I feel that. I feel that for sure. Gift giving wasn't really on my radar until like I was in a relationship with someone who would give me gifts all the time and they were so sweet and thoughtful and I would always feel like such an asshole because I'd be like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten you anything. So I feel like from that point on, I was like, some people really like gifts. So I'm just going to keep doing this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, I see what you mean. Like, I think sometimes if you're not really even invested in that person, not saying that that's what was happening with you. I feel like some people really need to like, you know, when you're giving something to somebody, you want it to be something that's worthwhile. I think when you give too many gifts all the time, it becomes like, oh, well, this person just gives gifts. You want to show your affection in other ways instead of like a material object. It does make sense. And I think that's Mm -hmm. how I thought about it for Mm -hmm. a while, because to me, I'm like, oh, that's just material stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If someone had this higher on their list at like 30% receiving gifts, then it's not just material things. It's the meaning behind it, you know? Yeah. Or if you just really like material things, whatever. Like- That's not, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> nothing yeah. wrong with it, honey. You just straight up ask for that BMW. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you love me? Get me a car. No, I'm just kidding. Um, again, they did say that in the acts of service, gift giving isn't always materialistic. It could be mm-hmm. anything. It could be something thoughtful, like, you know, helping to vacuum the house or you know, cooking you a nice meal. That's a gift. You Mm -hmm. know, that's where I'm a foodie. Maybe that should have been my number one, but they didn't ask it like that. So (laughs) they didn't say, would you like meals prepared for you? Yes, I would. That's my number one. (laughs) I love food. So there was, I don't think there was any questions about food. No, there wasn't. Let's let's write in. (laughs) Yeah. Be like, hey, you need to add questions about food. (laughs) I guess that leads us to our last one, acts of service. I love doing favors for people, but mm-hmm. I guess I wanted, that wouldn't be like my go-to way of showing someone that I care about them. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. No, that, no, that's fair enough. Each their own. That's why we have these different categories and how we express and receive love. I think that it's interesting what we've just kind of gathered from this. I feel like this is what we want to receive. I don't know if that even just translate to what we want to give. I was, so. I was actually, I was thinking about that too. A lot of the questions were, and that's true. I feel like my love languages change depending on who I'm with. If someone really appreciates me doing something for them and I know that's how they feel loved, then like, hell yeah, I will do everything for you. <laughs> For sure. And you know what? Like, this has been an interesting topic to talk about. Go on that website, take that quiz. And if you guys know other websites that have something similar or even better way of analyzing what your love language is, let us know. We'd love to do the quiz for ourselves and we rescore the same scores. Right. That'd be Mm. interesting. Like, a couple years from now, let's see how it changed. Gift giving is number one now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Food is number one, because then by that time, they'll add the food part. Because we're going to write to them, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anything you want to add before we? You know, I think this is a fun conversation to have, uh, getting to know people. And like, again, I I feel like the way that it was a lot of, oh, your spouse, your partner. But I think it's just relationships in general. Love can mean many different things to many people. So it could be a relationship between a mother and a daughter or Mm -hmm. sisters, brothers, you know, grandparents, whatever. I think everybody has different ways of expressing love and receiving love. So 
for sure. Erin, this was a great chat. I loved connecting with you today and I enjoyed talking about the five languages of love. We'll be back with some more cool, cool (laughs) topics to talk about. You guys write to us go on our website, www.insidetheboards.com or check us out on Instagram at inside the boards. And on Twitter, we are at boards insider. And you can listen to our podcast on all listening devices, including Apple and Spotify. And one last little tidbit. If you enjoyed this conversation, you may also be interested in some of our shows like healthy versus toxic and cluster B two shows that really delve into what makes relationships healthy or unhealthy and typically focused on issues of dealing with narcissism and cluster B personality disorders. Interesting. Well, thank you so much, Erin. And we'll be back with another episode of Happy Hour soon. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Check out our other podcasts and we'll be back with some more. See you guys next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.